M A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for the week of July 27 through August 2nd, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and very glad to have you with us here on Main Menu today. Whether you are a returning listener or a new listener, we are very happy to have you with us and hope you're having a great summer, just keeping cool, not getting too hot. It's been kind of a scorcher most of the way around the United States this summer, and uh, hope that it's not a affecting you in too bad of a way this summer wherever you may be well it is an exciting week it's been an exciting few days for us around here at main menu getting ready for this main menu program because we have the luxury of having on our main menu staff mr david woodbridge from vision australia and david has been involved with the beta testing of Mountain Lion, the new operating system for Apple Mac, which just released a couple of days ago. And executive producer Chase Crispin is going to be sitting down with David and they are going to be discussing all the new features in Mountain Lion and uh, talking about new things uh, in the operating system and voiceover and other accessibility issues and so forth in Mountain Lion. And they're going to give you a good overview of what's there and what you can expect when you upgrade if you haven't upgraded your Mac yet. And then there will also be a demo of some of the new features in Mountain Lion. Well, we want to get you right into that so you can get all excited as we are about the new things and the new operating system. So we're going to go ahead and get right into that here right away. You have a great week. We'll see you back here next week on Main Menu. Hello everyone, this is Chase Crispin, and I am joined today by David Woodbridge, who all of you know from the excellent tutorials that we play from Vision Australia. And today, David and I are going to be speaking about Mountain Lion, which is the newest update to Mac OS X, Apple's operating system. Mountain Lion just came out very, very recently when this goes to air. It will just be about two days ago, and it's available exclusively from the Mac App Store for a cost of $19.99. So if you want to upgrade to Mountain Lion and you have a Mac running the latest version of Snow Leopard, which is Mac OS 10.6 or later, go ahead and go to your App Store and purchase and install Mountain Lion and then you'll be running the latest version. Apple.com has a link to Mountain Lion and if you click on that you'll find out specifically which models of which computers are compatible with Mountain Lion. David, thank you for joining me on Main Menu today and thanks for everything that you provide for Main Menu as far as your tutorials. Thanks for having me again. So a lot of people are very curious about Mountain Lion and what's in it. And it seems to me like it's really becoming a lot like iOS. They're introducing a lot of applications and features that really make it seem a lot like 
the iOS. Is that something you're noticing? I think so, yes. And all the different Apple podcasts you listen to actually say that as well. And on Twitter as well, that, you know, Apple is bringing the both iOS's Mac OS and iOS on the iPhone and the iPad and the iPod Touch closer together. And that's really evident when you look at things like the iCloud reminders, notes, notifications, etc. So, yeah, the, the, the Mac's almost becoming a <laughs> desktop version of iOS in some ways. iCloud integration is probably the biggest advantage if you have an iOS device and a Mac. So can you tell us about how iCloud works in Mountain Lion? Yep. So rather than getting into all the nitty-gritty, which quite a lot of people in the general sort of understand about it, neither do I. But basically, the way it'll work is that, or the way it does work, is... You basically, when you open up a document, say, for example, let's keep it nice and basic and text edit, you'll get an option to either open up an existing document on your iCloud account, which is tied to your Apple ID, or your local Mac. And basically, for all intents and purposes, you're just looking at a list of files on a folder on the cloud, and the same that you would do on your local Mac. And again, if you wanted to save a document, when you bring up the Save As dialog box and you know you type in the file name, again, you will get two checkboxes where you can, again, save the document to iCloud or save a document to your local machine. And actually, I quite like that feature because I've actually got three Macs at home. And yes, I do have Dropbox. But now, with, particularly with TextEdit, where I do a lot of my notes for my podcasts, it means that I can just automatically, because it defaults to iCloud, I can save my documents in TextEdit on one of my MacBooks, go to my other MacBook or my iMac or my Mac Air, sorry, I forgot my fourth one, and then just grab the existing document I was working on. So iCloud integration's actually very nice. I mean, we do have iCloud integration for contacts and calendars, etc. But the document integration, which has been really missing up to this point, really works nicely now when you have to share files, particularly between machines now. That's very cool. So if you're saving a lot of documents to iCloud, can you organize those into folders and keep your iCloud things organized? Or is it set up in such a way that you can only save and it gets placed wherever Apple puts it? I think it actually gets placed where Apple puts it because I may be missing something and if the listeners can give us some feedback, that's absolutely fine. But I can't find anywhere where you can actually go in and reorganize your iCloud content. It seems to be that it works by just saying, well, here are the files that you have for your particular application. And whatever application you're in, you can save and open using iCloud. But there doesn't seem to be anywhere that you can pop into your iCloud account stroke folder and manipulate things. Now, I know we have the iCloud system where you can go in and you can check how much your storage you used. You can delete stuff out of it. But I don't know if that really allows you then to reorganize files, create folders, move folders around, that sort of stuff. So it's very early days. And I'll certainly be looking into that sort of stuff because I don't want to end up with 300 files just in one folder. I'd like to be able to organize my work appropriately. That's what I was thinking because it is obviously so much easier to find what you're looking for if it's in folders and a little more organized. So since we're talking about things that allow you to kind of sync and communicate between your Mac and your iOS device, can you talk a little bit about iMessage, which has been added to the Mac? Yes. Now, people might remember that that iMessage or the message beta was originally in line they brought out and then Apple took it off so that people couldn't keep using it. It's now built into Mountain Lion 
and basically allows you to send messages between your own iOS devices or anybody else that has an iOS device linked up again to their Apple ID, which is very nice because I can be sitting at my Mac and my wife might be out and about and she has an iPhone and an iPad and I can send her a message directly from my Mac. She then receives it and then she can reply back on her iPhone or an iPad and I get the message right back on my Mac and I can read it and respond to it again. So it's very nice to use. Some people have actually said it's very clunky and it is a little bit still. But overall, I just like the fact that you're talking between you know, a Mac laptop and a Mac desktop out to a mobile devices and back again. And I still find it very, very neat. Uh, and the fact that you can you know, keep a history of what you've been talking about is also very useful. And the fact that I've got the same Apple ID on all my Macs and my own iPhone and iPad is that I can pick up the conversation from my other devices as well. So for people that heard your demo of the Messages app a few months ago, on main menu. Has it changed any since you demonstrated it then? No, it doesn't appear to have. It looks very much the same. Okay. Uh, I'll probably be doing another demo on it because this will be the, the, the full version in Mountain Lion. So that the last version was the beta. So as I did originally with some other podcasts, I, I, I did a, a demo of a beta and then I did the full version, feature version. So I'll do it again. But look, if people have heard the original message beta demo, there's not going to be that much difference. But the fact is this time what I'm going to try and do is do a demo so that we're going from the Mac and I might even use my iPhone and my iPad in this time and just show everybody that you can pick up the message and get a history on, on all your iOS devices that way as well. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so, again, we're going to keep going on this kind of topic of things that are becoming common between the Mac and the iOS devices. There are a couple of new apps on the Mac that people will recognize if they have an iOS device, which include Reminders and Notes. Can you talk a little bit about these? Ah, now these are the two that I absolutely love. With Reminders, of course, we know that on your iOS device, you can do reminders to remind you at a certain time, or you can add to an existing list for shopping, etc. Well, all that functionality is now available on your Mac, which is absolutely fantastic. I can, if I'm working on a Mac and, you know, I happen to nick over to the fridge and I think, oh dear, I've just finished off the last milk because I've been drinking coffee all day. Um, I can go back to my Mac. I can update my shopping list on my reminder shopping list to say next time we go shopping we've got to get more milk or more coffee etc and of course being all part of iCloud and my Apple ID that's immediately synced back to my account of course on my iOS device whether it's my iPhone or iPad cool. and it's all vice versa it's absolutely spectacular I absolutely love it so before I sort of really wasn't that into reminders because I thought I've got to keep going back to my iPhone all the time and checking it. Whereas now, because I've got the absolute pleasure in some ways of thinking, oh, look, I'll just command tab over to my reminders app, check it out, add a few things, delete a few things. And then when I'm out and about, I can then, you know, I've got my iPhone with me, I can check it on there. And it's just very nice. It's just, that's the sort of thing that, I mean, documents in iCloud is very cool, but reminders is now getting, I think, a lot more usable because it doesn't matter if you're on your Mac or your iOS device, you can check what you're up to and what you need to do. It's absolutely brilliant. And again, I'll be doing a, um, a podcast on both using your reminders on your Mac and reminders on your iPhone. So for all the stuff that we're going to be talking about in the main features, 
I'm actually going to be doing demos or separate demos on each one of these apps because it's very exciting to actually use them now properly. Are you going to be able to show how when you create something on the Mac, it shows up on the iOS device? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yes. And, and it was funny, yeah, the other day I was um, updating the shopping list and I'd updated it on the Mac and it hadn't appeared. Mind you, I'd actually I just did it on the Mac and I checked within about two seconds on my iPhone and I thought, well, maybe I need to give it a little bit more time to transfer across. And of course, you know, waiting another minute or two and it was back on my iPhone. So I thought, yes, it's all synchronized, but I need to be a little bit more patient in not assuming it's going to be there instantaneously. <laughs> so, but no, it, it's absolutely fantastic. How does the Notes app work? The Notes app works in a similar way to the way that Reminders work. So again, you can sync notes between your iOS device and your Mac as well. And the nice thing about it is something that I use a lot of the time because I've got different accounts. I can have on my notes app on the Mac my different um, accounts that I have also have my iPhone so I can actually have different accounts for for work and home based on my Apple IDs and I can just again I can update or add a note on my Mac and get the same information again on my iPhone and I find for both the reminders app and the notes app Sometimes I like to actually delete stuff off the iPhone rather than doing it on the Mac because sometimes with VoiceOver on the Mac, I sometimes lose where I particularly am in the window. And because I'm normally in a hurry, I like to do things very quickly. So I tend to more, I guess, maybe edit and add stuff on the Mac. And I tend to do all the delete stuff on my iPhone or iPad because I just think it's a little bit faster with VoiceOver on the, on the iOS device. But overall, it's fantastic. I mean, I had to do a... Um, a demo recently where I had 15 points that I knew I had to cover in a podcast and normally what I'd do I'd have text edit running on my other Mac and I'd have my earphones in and do recording that way well this time I was able to write my notes on the Mac it automatically synced over to notes on my iPad so all I did then was just get out my iPad stick my earphones in read my notes that I prepared on originally on the Mac on my iPad and I was able to then keep just doing the podcast. But I didn't actually need to do anything. I just updated the notes on my Mac. And hey, presto, via iCloud, it just appeared on my notes app on my iPad. Very, very nice again. That is very nice. So another new thing that, again, people are going to recognize from the iPhone and iPod Touch and iPad, this is the addition of the notification center to the Mac. And this is something I'm very interested in hearing more about because this is a feature that I use a lot on my iPhone. So I think this is a great addition to any Mac. Yes, and it's, it's sort of similar in a way to notifications on the iOS device. So where it sits is actually in what used to be called the status menu in, uh, on the Mac. So traditionally, the people that use VoiceOver, that would be Control Option or VOM twice to get to your status menu on the Mac, then it's called the Extras menu. And in there, you've got your notifications, which you can do VO spacebar on. When you go into there, you can check all your current notifications. And again, you'll have a notifications system preference where you can tell notifications what things you want to put in your notifications area. So things like, do you want to be notified of mail, calendar? So with the notifications area where you can actually add and remove things too. Facebook is yet to come, but you can actually Twitter from the notifications area as well. So besides getting your notifications for Twitter, you can actually post to Twitter from the notification center, which I think is actually very, very neat. 
So again, as we keep saying that, you know, the Mac OS and iOS are becoming closer and closer together. It's almost sometimes I feel like I'm using my Mac that I almost feel like I'm using my iOS device as well because, you know, we've got reminders now, we've got the notes app, we've got iCloud for documents. Uh, and, you know, we've got now this notification center, which, you know, really does amazingly similar things to what notification does on your iOS device. And, and I really like it. And because I tend to tweet quite a lot, I love the fact that now you can actually send a tweet from your notifications area on your Mac. It's absolutely lovely. So again, to set it all up and to determine what you want to be notified of and what sort of alerts you want, you're just going to system preferences, notifications, and in there you can say what you want to add to notifications and also say what you also might want to remove from your notification center. And again, it's accessed from your status menu, now called the extras menu. Notifications, it'll say on the menu bar and then VA space bar to access it. And it just brings up a little table that you can navigate through and read your notifications and what's happening on your notifications. So right. with Twitter and Facebook integration, where else can you post to those sites in the operating system? Can you do that yeah. from Safari like you can on iOS? Yes, you can. So they call that sharing. And you basically can share to quite a lot of social media things. So you still can't share directly to Facebook yet, but you can share to other social media, including Twitter. So I can be in Safari and I think, oh, that would be a really cool thing to share with somebody. So I can go to the toolbar and I could access the share button and then I can choose what type of system I, I want to share out to. And the main one that I tend to use is Twitter. Um, as I said, Facebook's not there, but I can email the page. I can message it through the messages beta. I can Twitter. And at the moment, that's the only ones that I've currently got turned on my one. So I can message it, email it, and Twitter it. And hopefully when Facebook comes on again, I can also Facebook that information out as well. Let's say you send a tweet with something from Safari and someone replies and sends you a mention of their comment on it or whatever. How does yeah. that show up? Is there now a Twitter app for the Mac or is it a third-party Twitter client that you're using to show your yeah, notifications? Like in iOS where you log into your Twitter account, you actually log into your Twitter account in Twitter on your on your Mac as well. So you will get that type of Twitter information coming up in your notifications center as somebody mentions you. So so for example, I'm not getting my you know my timeline or my direct tweet feeds or anything else, but I am if somebody mentions me or direct messages me, then that will come up in my tweet notifications area. So it's not you're not actually accessing Twitter as such, you're just accessing more if you like your Twitter mentions and your direct tweets using it on the Mac. So because I, I still use the Night Owl Japanese application, which nobody says the name of because they're too frightened <laughs> of making a swear word out of it. <laughs> so I, too, I, I still use Night Owl. Um, but basically when you when you sign in and when you want to share all this stuff, you basically give the Mac your user name and account for Twitter, and that's how it then shares out that tweet information. Okay. So there's also a new feature, which seems to kind of be starting to go along with Apple's sandboxing called Gatekeeper, that allows you to kind of select what types of applications are allowed on your Mac. Can you explain this a little further? It is. And look, I'm sort of in two minds about this one because it really irritates me. Um, basically, with the Gatekeeper system now, you can choose to only run apps from the Mac App Store, only run apps from the Mac App Store or sign certificates from developers or run applications from anywhere else. And what happens, of course, is if you, and I believe by default, because I've changed mine, 
it's Mac apps only. So when you try and install something like Skype, for example, that we're both currently using, it says this application is not allowed to be installed on your system. So then you have to go to security in your system preferences, change Gatekeeper to everything. So you can install applications that, you know, and have, as far as Apple's concerned, doesn't have a valid developer certificate or is not from the Mac App Store. So, you know, for people that only use Mac Store applications, it's not going to be a big deal. But, you know, I, I'm sometimes worried that if I set or leave mine to, I want to install everything from anywhere, that I'm then missing out on the security features of having Gatekeeper in there so I don't accidentally install an application that might have a virus or malware or, or everything else. So what I tend to do, I guess, is on my test machine, I've got install everything, but on my iMac for my family and my Mac Air and my other MacBook, I tend to just leave it on the Mac App Store function so that then if my children feel like installing anything else outside of the Mac App Store, unless it gets blocked and I'm not ending up with software that I don't know about and may potentially be able to be damaging to my Mac. So look, it's useful and I know a lot of podcasts saying, you know, for the general run of people, leaving it on the Mac App Store function is fine. But, you know, every time you install a, you know, an application from, for example, I've got an application here that I use for Vision Australia. And again, I had to change it from in the Mac App Store only to everything just to install that application. So, yeah, I don't know. It's early days yet, but I, I do find it a little bit frustrating. I, I just wish it had a setting that said, you know, if you're the administrator of this machine and you've got your admin password, you should be able to put that in straight away just to overwrite that existing function. So, again, it's useful, but you know, I just find it a little bit bothersome. So there's a lot of concern out there about Apple doing their sandboxing now. Do you think Gatekeeper is something they will keep around? Or do you think eventually they're going to get it to the point where you don't have the option to run anything? No, I sort of think they'll they'll keep it with, with the availability to run everything. Because particularly from you know our point of view, there are other applications out there not even in the App Store, for example. And if Apple started doing that, we'd lose a lot of functionality for applications there are applications as well that are actually fairly large. And, and, you know, I know some of the programs in the Mac App Store are quite large already, but I don't know. I, I hope not. I mean, because I just think it would be shutting out quite a lot. And I've heard quite a few developers saying that the apps or the applications that they offer in the Mac App Store are a very cut down version of the full version that you can actually download from their website. So I just, I, I sincerely hope not because I think that would be detrimental to developers and detrimental to actually users getting the full functionality out of applications running on the Mac. We've seen a lot of instances, or at least some instances, in the assistive technology industry where some accessible Mac apps have been rejected. So I agree. I certainly hope that they keep the option to run anything. So let's talk about another thing from iOS, uh, which would be dictation and something that a lot of people are looking forward to. Now, this is the one that I absolutely love yet again. Um, This is a good function. Basically, as we all know, with your iPhone 4X, for example, and the new iPad, of course, you can actually double tap the dictate button to the left of your space bar to start dictating. And then when you finish, you double tap again to stop dictating. Well, what they've done on the Mac is they've got exactly that same dictation function. So basically, it's off by default. So you have to go into system preferences. And there's a new system preference now called dictation and text-to-speech. That used to just be called speech. Now it's called dictation and text-to-speech. 
And basically in there, you go in there and you turn on dictation. And what happens is it enables you then to press your FN key or your function key twice. So on a normal Mac keyboard, that's the bottom left hand key, the FN key. And when you double tap it or press it twice, you get the same lovely little beep that you get from iOS. You then start saying all the normal things that you can say with dictation on your iOS device. So you can say, you know, pie chase, comma, new line, new line. It was great catching up to do this podcast today, comma. We need to catch up again and do some further chats online. Full stop, new line, new line, David. And then you can press the function key again twice. It does the single bit to say it's finished. And then you can then listen back to what you've dictated. It's absolutely nice. Now, again, with the one on iOS, you do it in short bursts. So I think from memory, I've done up to about a minute, I believe. And then it's decided that I've talked long enough. And it's then gone away and done the translation. But, you know, for, for short bursts, and again, you can use all the punctuation stuff in New Line. And the thing I like about it, of course, and folks may have not come across this, but the previous speech recognition in the Mac only people in the US could seem to have used it because it was only designed for, I guess, the American accent. But now, because it's dictation based on your regional setting of what the Mac can support, like in iOS, then me with my Australian accent can dictate absolutely perfectly in anywhere on the Mac where you've got your keyboard or where you could use your keyboard. So it works absolutely brilliantly. So when I want to send a tweet, for example, on my Mac, I can do it in there. If I'm in Mail or I'm in the Twitter Night Owl application, I can use it in there. Of course, I can use it in TextEdit. I can use it in Mail. I can use it in Fire to fill in a search. So I can do it in lots of different places. So it works extremely nicely. Now, it's only dictation. So you don't have the full functionality that you would have in, say, something like Dragon, naturally speaking. So you don't have word options and you can't spell a course still. You can't say go back three words and correct, I don't believe. So it's purely for dictation. So if, for people that want a fully functioned voice recognition application, then this dictation feature is not that. But for people that just want to purely dictate into anywhere you would normally use your keyboard, then it works absolutely brilliantly. Now, what about some of the Mac desktop keyboards that don't have a function key? How would you activate this dictation? You've also got the ability to be able to change the keyboard keystroke okay. that the dictation system uses. Okay, so with the... Um, the dictation where I said you can press the FN key twice is a little pop-up button that you can also choose to press your left command key twice your right command key twice or press the left and right command keys together to activate the voice dictation to turn on and off when you're dictating so for people that don't have the FN key or you feel more comfortable maybe using the command key because it's a bit easier to and more local to your spacebar, for example, then you can certainly turn those keystrokes on with the uh, dictation feature. And it's worth mentioning that this is not Siri, like that's found on the iPhone 4S, correct? It's just dictation? The answer to that is yes and no. <laughs> because what they've also done now is, and people might remember this from the original speech preferences, which has now been moved. So in the speech icon that you had in sister preferences which was called speech and the one of the tabs was called speech recognition what they've done now they've actually moved that over to the new universal access icon which is now called accessibility like on ios and in there you've got speakable items now so you can actually run applications and you can do different functions that that speakable items thing will allow you to use so for example 
I've currently got mine turned on, so I could hold down my escape key and say, for example, what is the time? And the system will tell me what is the time. I can say the system to open up an application like Safari. So it's a little bit Siri-like in the way that it allows you to do and perform certain functions on your Mac, but it's certainly nowhere near as Siri where you can say things like, will it rain tomorrow? Or will I need a raincoat? Or can you tell me the weather in London, for example? So it's not that spectacular, but at least you can use the speakable items function then to do things, like I said, run applications and that sort of stuff. So it's close, but definitely the, the dictation feature, no, you can't press the FN key or the command key twice and say what you want to say with Siri. So it's definitely not Siri at the moment, but who knows what's going to happen in the next release of uh, Mac OS. The big thing we've been talking about with Mountain Lion is how it integrates with other Apple products, and it's not just iOS. There's now some integration with Apple TV. So can you talk a little bit about the new AirPlay in Mountain Lion? Yes. I've probably been saying that I love this feature quite a lot so far. (laughs) This is another feature I absolutely love. Okay, so basically what happens is if you've got an Apple TV on your same network as your Mac, what happens under that new extras menu now is that you have a display feature pop-up that, again, you can VO spacebar or control option spacebar into, and you've got an option there to airplay whatever is on your Mac to your Apple TV so that whatever is in audio and displayed on your Mac screen comes up on your Apple TV stroke television screen. Which means if I'm doing a presentation and showing people how VoiceOver interacts with Pages or Safari or I'm demonstrating a DAISY application or how VoiceOver reads the internet, I can basically go to my extras menu, go to display, go to airplay and because I've got three Apple TVs currently in my house, I can choose in my case to go to my lounge room Apple TV, my toy room Apple TV or my study Apple TV and I can then display my content on there. I can also choose, if I don't want to, say, use my full display feature of the Apple TV so visual, I just want to send sound out to the Apple TV, I can go to System Preferences and Sound, and then I can choose just to send out audio to the Apple TV. And the other good thing about the Apple TV display feature, of course, is that when you're doing the Quick Start tutorial with VoiceOver, which is Control Option Command F8, you can also have that go through an Apple TV to your TV, which is really fantastic, again, for presentations. It works really, really nicely. So again, from that point of view, that's one of the things that I love doing presentations and training on VoiceOver on the Mac, that I now have the full ability to just be able to get at my Apple TV, my Mac, we're all on the same network, plug in a projector, an LCD screen, or whatever else it might be, and then I can literally do my presentations straight from my Mac works absolutely brilliantly. That is very cool, especially like you pointed out for presentations and such. So there's a couple of apps that have been renamed in Mountain Lion, again, to kind of line up with iOS. Can you talk just briefly about what these apps are that have been renamed? Yep. So the, the main ones that have been renamed is mainly your, sorry, your dress book is now called Contacts. And funnily enough, that's the same name as it uses an iOS. Strange. And the other one, yeah, it's strange indeed, isn't it? And the other one is Calendar. So rather than being called iCal, it's now called Calendar, exactly the same on iOS, which is actually very nice because now that I'm using, I mean, I use Mountain Lion a lot and I use, of course, my iOS device a lot. 
And sometimes before with Line, I'd be going back to my Mac and thinking, hang on a minute, where's my contacts gone or where's my calendar gone? Because it's just in my brain that that's what they're called. They're not called address book and iCal. Whereas now it's just a seamless, I don't know, a way of thinking about on using the Mac now in iOS that when I go back to my Mac, I use my contacts and I use my calendar. When I go to my iOS device, I use my contacts and my calendar. So it just makes it more streamlined. It's just, it's in your brain that they're the, the applications that you use on both systems now. So I guess it's the same thing with notes and reminders, that sort of stuff, that you've got reminders and notes and it really shouldn't make any difference whether you're using your Mac or your iOS device. They're both the same name. They do what they're supposed to do and you don't have to worry about sort of changing gears and think, well, hang on a minute, on that system it's called this and on that system it's called that and I need to keep remembering that every time I switch backwards and forwards. So you know, it might be a. Some people might think it's a, such a small change, changing the name of an application. But when you're like me and you're jumping between your iOS devices all your time and your Macs, just that little simple change can make a huge difference to you. So there are also some changes with Safari. There's a new Smart Search field and some integration with iCloud to sync some tabs across from your iOS Safari to your Mac Safari. So can you talk about these Safari enhancements? Yep, so the, the, the main one that I love is when you bring up your address bar to type in your web address, and I just normally use good old command key plus L for location, you can even now type directly in a Google search, or you can type in the URL or the web address for your, for your search again. So again, that's extremely nice because you're basically only dealing with one edit field which people absolutely love now. And the fact that a lot of my research now is done and this, gets, this is in relation to the iCloud tabs. I do a lot of my functionality now on my iPad and my iPhone. So I tend to have a lot of tabs open on my Safari and my iOS device, which means when I go back to my desktop, I've got the same tabs on my Safari, which makes it very nice because sometimes, and I guess everybody knows this, when you're in Google and you're searching around, you absolutely find this fantastic website. And you go away and you think, oh dear, I didn't bookmark that and I've got no idea how to get back to it. Well, the nice thing about it is if you've left it on and it's in one of your tabs on your Safari on your iOS device, it's going to be there in your version of Safari on your Mac now, again, through iCloud on your Apple ID account. So, again, it's it's just nice that you can go to that tab whenever you like. And, again, it's just that seamless integration switching between your iOS device and your Mac now. Again, it's just... I mean, as we keep saying, that Apple is really bringing both systems closer and closer together. Well, I'm sure that everyone listening to Main Menu is wondering, well, what about accessibility? There are certainly many changes to Mountain Lion as far as voiceover and other accessibility enhancements besides the general ones that we've been talking about that come with the operating system. But instead of discussing these accessibility enhancements, because some of them might be minor or some of them might be kind of confusing if you just hear us talk about them, we are going to actually put in a demo from David about some of the largest accessibility enhancements in Mountain Lion. But before we go into that demo of what's new in accessibility, is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners as a conclusion to this interview or about Mountain Lion in general? I guess the thing I'd like to say to other people is, remember this is like going from, in some ways, from leopard to snow leopard and going from lion to mountain lion is the fact that, yes, there's these new features in the operating system, but the, the overall system still operates pretty much the same. So... If you're thinking, geez, if I go from line to mountain line, am I going to be totally lost? No, I can definitely use 
my mountain lion in the same way I used lion. Overall, I can quite happily switch between my iMac running lion and my MacBook Pro running mountain lion without any difficulties at all. I probably should say though that if you've got a system that you might have multiple petitions or you've got bootcamp running with Windows. What I'd probably do is maybe check with your friends or your family or anywhere else to see that it's going to be a smooth transition updating from Lion to Mount Lion because you don't want really to lose any data. Or if you're very concerned, you know, contact, again, the folks at Apple for a few things. One, if you upgrade with a sort of a non-standard, I guess, system that you're not going to lose any data. And number two, to make sure that your system will be able to run Mountain Lion appropriately. There's probably just one final thing I probably should also mention. For those people that have been hoping and praying for improvement for PDF accessibility and table accessibility with VoiceOver, I'm happy or sadly to announce that that functionality has not improved. So PDF file access, particularly under preview, still remains an issue. You don't have, still don't have structured information to tagged based information in PDF files, so i.e. headers, tables. And more annoyingly for me is the fact that you don't have proper access to tables in pages or text edit. Because when I went and checked a document that I wrote three years ago for VoiceOver, in looking at PDF file access and tables, that's exactly the same issues that I'm having now, even with Mountain Lion. So I really sincerely hope that in the next update to Mountain Lion or the next OS version for the Mac, that they really, really do something with VoiceOver on PDF file accessibility, table accessibility, and I guess for me in particular, maybe a little bit more on supporting proofreading documents and that sort of stuff. So, you know, to me that's a little bit sad, but no, people will not have improved access to PDF files and you definitely might have improved access to tables. Well, thank you, David, for giving us this information and chatting with me about Mountain Lion today. We look forward to hearing your demos of this and also visiting with you in a couple months about iOS 6 when that comes around. So thanks for coming on Main Menu today. That's okay, my pleasure, and I hope the people also enjoy my demos for Mountain Lion. We will now go into the demo of all of the new accessibility features in Mac OS 10.8 Mountain Lion. Welcome to this demonstration of using VoiceOver in Mountain Lion. In this demonstration, I'll be going through most of the main feature changes in VoiceOver itself. I certainly won't get all of them, but enough to give you some idea of what actually has changed in VoiceOver in Mountain Lion. So before I get into that, let me just say that my MacBook Pro is turned on, VoiceOver is running, and as usual, let me start from a known spot on my Mac by going to the desktop with Shift-VOD. Of course, the VO keys being the control and option keys held down together. So I'll do that now. Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D. Desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. Now in Mountain Lion, you'll now have a new accessibility dialog that you can quickly turn accessibility features on and off. And to get access to that, the command is Option command f5 so option command plus function key 5 now if i do that now application accessibility options window accessibility options now for the moment i'm just going to tab through these different options so i press the tab key enable zoom using keyboard shortcuts uncheck checkbox enable zoom using scroll gestures 
Uncheck checkbox. And of course, for any of these checkboxes, you can press the space bar to check it or uncheck them. Enable voiceover. Check checkbox. Enable sticky keys. Uncheck checkbox. Enable slow keys. Uncheck check. Enable mouse keys. Uncheck checkbox. Invert display colors. Uncheck checkbox. 20%. Contrast slider. That's a slider for contrast. Up and down arrow. Preferences button. That's the preferences that will take you to the new accessibility panel in system preferences. Done button. And we're back to the done button. The option command F5 will also work independently with speech without voiceover running. However, when you go into system preferences, the preference control, of course, you'll need to run voiceover with command F5 or turn voiceover on before in the accessibility options panel. Okay, I'm going to just press escape to come out of there. Finder, desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. Now the status menu has now changed to the extras menu. So if I do VOM, M for memory to get to the main Apple menu. So VOM or control option M. Menu bar, Apple. Okay, and I press it again, VOM or control option M. Menu extras, Dropbox 1.4.7, all files up to date, menu extra. And you can notice now that you can actually access your Dropbox menu on your now called extras menu now, which is very nice. So VO writer, control option writer. Displays menu, menu extra. That's the displays menu because I've actually got my Apple TV on my home network so I can airplay my Mac including voiceover over to my Apple TV straight TV set. VO Roto, control option Roto. Accessibility, menu extra. Okay, I've turned that on in the accessibility panel now. Time machine, menu extra. Okay, and etc. Okay, so if I keep going, I want to show you one thing that it's now in this extras menu. So VO Roto, control option Roto. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, system sound, battery, Wednesday 10, Apple, U, spotlight, menu, menu extra. Okay, there's the spotlight menu now. It's actually in the extras menu. I can't do a third VOM or control option M for the spotlight menu anymore. Now, the other thing that has changed in this extras menu now is before when you wanted to pull down a menu, you could just do VO dinner or control option dinner like this. Spotlight menu, menu okay, extra. Which no longer actually works. So to pull down or activate a menu now, you'll have to press VO spacebar or control option spacebar. So for example, I want to pull down the spotlight menu that I'm currently on. VO spacebar or control option spacebar. Spotlight search text field. Okay, now I can actually use spotlight. So I'm just going to press the escape key. Sp Dropbox, selected alias. And I'm back to my desktop. Now that VO down arrow though, still works in your normal Apple menu. So I'll just do that quickly. I'm going to do VOM or control option M. Menu bar, Apple. Okay, there's our main Apple menu. VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Finder. Finder. File. File, etc. Now I can just do VO demo, control option demo. File, menu, 23 items. New finder window, command, new folder, command, shift N. Okay, so that still works. So it's only in your extras menu that you're going to have to use that VO spacebar, control option, spacebar option. Okay, and press escape. Closing menu, Dropbox, selected alley. You can now resort headings in tables, such as in mail or in iTunes, for example. So I'll just show you an example in mail. Okay, so I'm going to bring up Mail. I've actually got it running in the background, so I'm actually just going to press Command-Tab to get to it. Mail, 16 new item. Okay. Mail, Inbox, Gmail, 184 messages. Okay, now I might want to resort the columns in the tables. So, for example, to get to the Headings menu to resort the Buddy column, I'm going to press Shift-VO and then the backslash key. Subject, Sort button in Headers. Okay, and I'm going to do VO left arrow, control option left arrow. From sort button, buddy, sort button. 
status sort button. Okay, so there's the status menu, and I want to put it after the buddy column. So I'm going to do VO comma or control option comma. Status marked for drag and drop. Okay, and I'm going to do VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Buddy sort button. Okay, and now I'm going to do shift VO for stop. Dragging status. Status inserted after buddy. Okay, status, status inserted after buddy. So now to check it, if I do VO left arrow, control option left arrow. From sort button. This is my from field. Keep going back to the left with VO left arrow, control option left arrow. Status, sort button. Status. Buddy, sort button. And there's buddy. Okay, so I've resorted that column by using that command. If I want to get back to my normal table, I do just VO shift backslash again. Out of headers, David Woodbridge, you have a new follower on Twitter. Okay, and I'm back to the table. Okay, so that's basically how to resort headers, in this case using the mail table, but you can also do it in iTunes. Okay, I'm just going to jump back to my desktop for the moment with Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D. Desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. You can now press and hold buttons using VoiceOver. So a good example of that would be using either the previous or next buttons in iTunes if you want to fast forward or rewind a song playing. Okay, I'll just show you how to do that now. So I'm going to do Command Tab again to switch around to iTunes. Mail, Amadeus Pro, iTunes, 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 Window, Play button. On the Play button. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to press VO space by on the Play button. I'm then going to do VO right arrow control from right to get to the next button. And then to fast forward while the song's playing, I'm going to hold down VO control option and hold the space bar down. When I want to actually stop fast forwarding and just resume normal playing, I'll just take my fingers off the control option and spacebar keys. Okay, so I'll do that now. VO spacebar control option spacebar. Press play. Okay, button. going to the right with VO right arrow. Next button. VO spacebar and holding. Okay, it's fast forwarding and then I'll take it off. And we're back to normal playing. Okay, so VO left arrow. Pause button. Press pause button. And we can do it same with the rewind. So I'm going to do VO spacebar. Press play button. VO left arrow. Previous button. VO space and hold. Okay, up. And we're back to normal play. So VO right arrow. Pause button. VO spacebar. Now press pause button. Okay, so that's a really nifty feature now that you can fast forward and rewind to use holding buttons with voiceover now. Okay, so I'm going to jump back to my desktop again with Shift VOD. Desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. A very nice feature now is the ability to select text on the web with VoiceOver. And you can do this in a number of ways with just your normal keys, or with Quick Nav, or with your gestures on your trackpad. I'm just going to show you how to do it with the keyboard, and I'll leave you to explore the Quick Nav and the gestures way to do it. Okay, so I'm going to command tap around to Safari. iTunes. Mail, 17 new items. Amadeus Pro, text edit, Safari. Safari. Safari, and I'm just going to jump to the top of the window with Shift VO, and then Function Left Arrow, because the Function key turns my left arrow into my Home button. So that's Shift VO, or Control and Option, Function Left Arrow. Vision Australia, Blindness and Low Vision Services. Okay, so I've got the Vision Australia website open, and I'm actually on the page that's for our Technology Expo, Texpo. That's coming up in late August, early September this year, 2012. Now let's say I want to copy some information about the Texpo where it's going to be held in Melbourne, Sydney or Brisbane. 
So I'm just going to do VO command H for header. Heading level 2, site navigation. Heading level 2, section navigation. Heading level 1, Vision Australia Taxpo 2012. Heading level 4, Melbourne, Vision Australia 454. Okay, now I just want to copy the information about Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. So I'm just going to do shift and down arrow, which is your normal highlight command. Melbourne, Vision Australia, heading le Friday the Saturday, heading level 4 Sydney, Vision, heading level 4 Enfield, Friday the 30th, Saturday the f heading level 4 Brisbane, v heading level 4 Cleveland, r Friday the 7th, Saturday the 8th. As usual there is something for everybody. Okay, I don't want to get that bit, so I'm going to do VR power. As usual there is something for everybody, unhighlighted. So our normal VOF6 or control option function key 6 will tell us what's been highlighted. So we're going to do VOF6 now. Heading level 4 Melbourne, Vision Australia, 454 heading level 4 Glenferry, heading level 4 Road, heading level 4 Kuyang, heading level 4. Okay, and the way we've done our website, it's got heading level 4s to make it nice and bold. So I'm just going to assume that's all copied in rather than listening to heading level 4 all the time. So I'm going to do command C to copy the clipboard. Copy. I'm going to do command tab around to my text edit. Finder, iTunes, mail, Amadeus, text edit. Okay, and then text, text edit. edit. Untitled.rtf window, empty edit text word. Okay, and I'm going to paste what I've just copied in from the website with just command V to paste. New line. Okay, and I'm going to the top of the window with shift VO, function left arrow. Melbourne. Okay, and let's read it now that we've just copied it from the website. So VOA or control option A. Melbourne, Vision Australia, 454, misspelled, Glen Ferry Road, misspelled, Huyang, Friday the 24th of August, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturday the 25th of August, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Sydney, Vision Australia, 4 Mitchell Street, Enfield, Friday the 31st of August, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturday the 1st of September, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Brisbane, Vision Australia, 373 Old Cleveland Road, misspelled, Kaoru, Friday the 7th of September, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturday the 8th of September, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay, so that's copying that absolutely beautifully. And it didn't get the bit that I did a shift up arrow for to say that I didn't want to copy that part. So that's good. So let's go back to the desktop with shift VOD again. Desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. Now VoiceOver now supports fast forwarding and rewinding in Say All Now. And you'll have to set those keys up for keyboard commander gestures or for quick nav. They're not actually active by default. And basically it allows you to, when you're doing a say all with VOA or control option A, you can rewind and fast forward as it implies, backwards and forwards for the text. Now, myself currently, I haven't been able to get those commands to run. For example, when I've assigned it to command one finger flick to the right for fast forward, command one finger flick left to rewind, it's actually stopped the say all process. So in this demonstration, I'm actually not going to bother actually demonstrating it because at the moment, as far as I can tell, it's not working effectively. So if you'd like to let me know if that's working, feel free to tweet me at at dwoodbridge. It's at symbol D-W-O-O-D-B-R-I-D-G-E on Twitter. VoiceOver now supports a number of additional Braille devices. And for more information on that, I would advise people to go to www.apple.com forward slash accessibility or you can email the folks at accessibility at apple.com to see if your new Braille display is supported via Mountain Lion and VoiceOver. There is a new drag and drop menu option with VoiceOver now 
and I'll just show you how that works. So I'm currently sitting at my desktop. I'm actually going to go to my downloads folder with option command L. Downloads. Now in downloads window. 12 read here pro 2.0.5437c.dmg. Okay, now normally just the normal drag command is VO comma to mark something for drag or control option comma. But if I hold those keys down now, so VO command and keep holding it down. 12 read. 12 read here, drag and drop modifiers menu, three items. Okay, I'm now going to drag and drop modifiers menu, so I'll do VO down on drop down Control. Control. Option. Option. Command. And command. And each one of those options, when you press them, will give you a different function for moving, copying, duplicating, etc. The item that you're about to drag. So for example, if I choose option. Option. Okay, I'll do VO spacebar, control option spacebar. 12 read here, pro 2.0.5437c.dmg, marked for drag and drop. Okay, and I move to where I want to drag and drop that particular file. So I'm going to go to my home folder with shift command H. Home, now in Apple window, list view table, Dropbox folder. Okay, I'm going to interact with my table. Shift VO dinner, shift control option dinner. Interact with list view table, row 4 of 41, selected. Name, Dropbox folder, column 1, row 4. Okay, and I'm going to drop it in my Dropbox folder. So I'm just going to do VO and then period or full stop. Dragging 12 read here, pro 2.0.5437c.dmg. One row added, row 4 expanded. One Notastic Full Day Workshop Dropbox Folder Expanded. Okay, so Thirty-three items in my Dropbox folder. Level zero. Okay, down there. One Notastic Third Party Twelve Read Twelve Read Here Pro Two Point Zero Point Five Four Three Seven C Dot DMG Disk Image. Okay, so I basically copied or duplicated it from my Downloads folder. Okay, so let me just close all these Finder windows for the moment with Option Command W. Close all now in Desktop Dropbox Selected Alias. You can also drag and drop multiple items to a particular hotspot. And in this particular demonstration, I won't actually go through how to do that, but it definitely is possible. And as with all these features, you'll find them in the new Mountain Lion manual for voiceover, which will actually go through all these different features. We now have menus now for resizing, etc., windows and objects. So for example, if I command tab around to mail, text edit, Safari, iTunes, mail, 70, mail, and I do VO shift tilde, window resize options menu, three items. Okay, we've got three items in the window size menu. So VO down, drop down, arrow. resize menu, resize menu, resize and move to grid, menu. resize and move to grid, resize and move to section, menu, resize and move to section. Okay, so for example, under section, VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Resize and move to section menu, five items. VO down, control option down. Resize and move to left half section. Resize and move to right half section. Resize and move to top half section. Okay, and of course, if I wanted to access any one of those to position the window on the screen, I would do VO spacebar, control Two rows spacebar. Added. I'm just going to press escape for the moment. David Woodbridge, you have a new follower on Twitter. The other thing I can do is find out where my window particularly is on the screen. So if I do VO command F2. From top left to middle center of screen, left half of screen, four inches wide, two inches tall. Okay, so that gives me information about the position and size of my current mail window on the screen. Let me just jump back to the desktop again with shift VOD. Desktop, Dropbox, selected alias. Now the last option in this quick whip through of some 
new features in voiceover is of course the ability to be able to redirect your sound for voiceover to another headset or external device via voiceover utility so i'll just show you how to do that now so i'm going to do vof8 for voiceover utility open voiceover utility voiceover utility window i'm going to do so for sound sound and then VO right arrow for option right arrow. Mute sound. Enable positional audio. Output device. Okay, output device is the one once. Now I'm actually going to turn my jam box on. Has my external speaker in this case. Do that now. Okay, now I can do VO right arrow for option right arrow. USB audio codec. Output device. Pop up. Okay, button. so voiceover is currently working from my USB codec device, which is actually my headset on the mixer. So VO spacebar, control option, spacebar. Menu 5 items check mark, USB audio codec. Okay, now VO upper, control option, upper. Built in output, jam box by Jawbone Stereo. Okay, that's the one, jam box stereo. So no. VO spacebar, control option, spacebar to select it. Interact with dialog for window voiceover utility. Okay, Confirm and that's voiceover, setting. sounds Confirm beautiful. <laughs> Coming through my jam box speaker. So VO right here. Click confirm to will automatically revert. Revert default button. Confirm button. Okay, VO spacebar, control spacebar, and confirm. Closing dialog. So now I've got voiceover coming through my jam box, which is actually very nice. If I want to put it back to the headset again, let's just double check that we're still on the right control. So VO F3 or control option F3. Jam box by Jawbone Stereo output device. Pop up button is yep. in the voiceover cursor. Almost want to leave it there, it sounds so good. But anyway, we'll change it back to the headset. So VO spacebar control option spacebar. Menu 5 items check mark. Jam box by Jawbone Stereo. Okay, VO down arrow control option down arrow. Built in output. USB audio codec. That's the one we want. So VO spacebar control option spacebar. Interact with dialogue back to my headset. window. So VO right arrow control option right arrow. Confirm. Will auto revert. Confirm button. Okay, VO spacebar control option spacebar. Now that previous one. So VO left arrow control option left arrow quickly. Revert. Default button. That's the revert button. So I can go back to a previous audio one. Let me just do VO right arrow control option right arrow now before it times out. Confirm button. VO spacebar control option spacebar. Closing dialogue. But what's really nice about that dialog that comes up and says that you sure you want to do it, if it can't connect to the audio device that you're actually sending it out to, or you don't do anything, it'll revert back to your current audio setting. Because sometimes I've been caught where I've sent it up to some audio device that either doesn't exist or for some odd reason it's not speaking to me. And the only way I've been able to get voiceover back with speech is to use a braille display or to ask somebody with vision so the fact that it will time out if you don't choose any changes is a very nice feature and saves me from getting stuck every now and again okay so just let me just close down voiceover utility with command q finder desktop dropbox selected alias and we're back to my desktop so that concludes this demonstration of some of the major changes to do with voiceover in mountain lion I hope you've enjoyed listening to this demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week and we'll see you soon.